If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. It was just your birthday, Mary. Happy birthday. Thanks. And happy 100th to the One Voice podcast. (laughs) How crazy. Well, I thought it only appropriate to interview you, my love, because this podcast would not be possible if not for your incredible skills and heart for this message and just abilities to be able to do all the things that I don't even know how you do. You look like the guy from Matrix, like... Moving all the things and recording and making boosts. And I don't even know what you do, but thank you for making it possible. Yeah, you're sweet for saying all that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And just knowing that I would be interviewing you today, I felt so overwhelmed because it's like, I know... There's just so many things I want everybody to know about you. There's a lot I don't want them to know about you. <laughs> There's a lot I also don't want them to know about me. <laughs> right. So we'll make sure that we talk about all of those things. Okay. We'll see. No, no. But no, I just know that as soon as we are done with this, I'm going to be like kicking myself because there'll be so many things that we didn't say and I wish Aww. we had incorporated. But I know you've shared so much of your life, your story, your heart, just over the course of these 100 podcasts. And since COVID hit, I will say, I know many of you have asked, where's Mary? She's still there, but it's just been harder because we don't have a studio to record in. um, And we've been recording from home. Yes, which includes kids. And I've been doing my radio show thing from home and then managing a six-year-old also doing homeschool. It's like, (laughs) ah! So uh, things are getting a little more quote normal. So here we are. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So you're always there. Um, yeah, just kind of like in life. I always know you're there, even yeah. if you know, what I, <laughs> which Boy's brings me lurking, lurking awkwardly in the background, <laughs> right? No, not at all. You're just that safe space and that great compassionate soul always able to listen and, and also motivate me. And I think it's awesome. Like, I think a lot of our listeners know, You have also been a part of um, just my speaking tours, and we've done a lot of speaking together the last like six years, really. Um, And that's been incredibly fun. Like, I don't know that I would have been able to continue to do the the activism and the awareness messages and speaking at colleges and conferences and stuff at the level that I have been if it hadn't been for you um, come alongside of me. And it just gave me that boost that I needed, um, at a time in my life, I think where I started to kind of really feel heavy Mm -hmm. with, you know, the weight of survivor stories and the travel schedule and balancing mom life with work life. And, um, I personally think we have hashtag relationship goals, Mary. (laughs) You and your hashtags. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, you're an old soul. 
Well, I feel honored and, and, uh, you know, to be having a front row seat to be a cheerleader and also just the little behind the scenes that goes on, um, behind all the incredible work that you do and what a gift it is that, um, I get to be a part of that. So I don't take that lightly. Um, just in the midst of chaotic lives and, you know, I try to be as grateful as possible. Um, but it's always a good time to just stop and reflect and say, thank you exactly. for allowing me in. <laughs> You're getting better at that. <laughs> yes. Well, I think, I think we should maybe even talk about a little bit of our friendship, maybe like, you know, how we met a little bit, but I think one thing that I've learned um, over the course of my 40 years on this earth, we know that you're not there yet, but you're <laughs> almost there, um, is just how friendship, like a true, honest friendship, I think it looks a lot like really pushing each other to be better at boundaries, mm-hmm. um, finding our voices, you know, um, pushing each other towards self-care, um, helping each other discern what might be the next right thing for us versus what might be harmful. Cause a lot of times we can't see that ourselves. And when we yeah. know somebody deeply, we can see from the outside things that, you know, the other person might not. And I think um, I've seen that a lot in our friendship. Um, I also think, especially for survivors, it's where both sides are, are working towards healing, you know, healing childhood trauma and you're, and you're, you know, propelling the the other person towards some of the same similar things or things you've already been through. Um, for me, especially it's about sharing memes, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, laughter is all often the best medicine, but one thing I think Mary I'd love, and eventually just so you know, we're going to get into some rapid fire questions. So I want you to prepare your heart and soul. Yes. It's going to be really fun. I hope. Um, but you know, I did want to say one thing that I really appreciate in our friendship and I want to share with our listeners that I think has been crucial to keeping us going is that over communication that we've had. Mm -hmm. There's a trust and a safety there. Um, in, in sharing at that level, um, you know, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a safe space to share those things. Like we've both worked to create a soft spot to be able to hear, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the things. And so there's never anything kind of like you said earlier, like lurking around (laughs) that isn't being discussed. And I think one thing I'm working more on, I'm not good at, um, is also sharing what you need. Mm. I think that is a, a really good um, thing in keeping friendships going through hard times, through ups and downs. We've both, um, over the course of the last 10 years that we've known each other, mm. um, had so many hard things going on around us, you know, oh, yeah. things we've had to grieve. You know, you've talked many times about walking through hard things with people in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, things that have nothing to do with our friendship, but that will affect our friendship and our work relationship too. So, um, you know, navigating all of that, I think really takes a commitment to being safe, um, offering compassion, giving space when we need it, but over communicating our needs too. Yeah. I think one of the biggest signs of a healthy relationship is you finally find an area in life where You don't have to arrive looking or being a certain way. 
Uh, you are just as raw as can be, and you're sometimes limping along and you're maybe not in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, there's no fluff. There's no mm-hmm. smoke and mirrors. It is just, Ooh, mm-hmm. this is me showing up and you're not going to like all parts of it, but mm-hmm. that's the beauty of finding a true, honest, genuine friendship is just being your true authentic self. Um, and sometimes you feel a little off, like we've had those times and we've been very honest and open about it, where you feel like you're just not seeing eye to eye, or maybe I'm just in my little turtle shell, or maybe you're in your turtle shell. Um, but it's just knowing that regardless of how hard things can be, that that bond and that strength is always there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that does stem from communication from the very beginning of the blossoming of the relationship. Um, and just being okay with saying hard things. I mean, we're, you're in your early forties. I'm in my late (laughs) thirties. We we've learned. I am 40. Like that's different. Not for long. (laughs) Okay. Um, but just being willing to say the hard things and it can be uncomfortable no matter how well, you know, the person, um, but just being willing to go there and then looking back and, oh, we got through that so we can Uh get through the next thing and it's going to be okay. Yeah. It it grows with deeper roots that you can really rely on. It it feels really stable and secure no matter what else is going on. I think also, you know, part of me being 40, honestly, has brought about like the IDGAFs about relationships. Like I'm not trying to have a million of shallow Mm. ones. Like, so it would be easy if we hadn't grown these roots of trust and stability and, and walking through hard things together. It would be easy to just one thing comes up and maybe you feel really distant and I'm just done. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying anymore. It's not worth it, but no, it is worth it. It's so yeah. worth it. And, um, being willing to, you know, stay to mm-hmm. stand by the door, you know, when things are hard for you or when things are hard for me to be willing to reach out and say, this is really hard. This is what I need. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's harder for me than just standing there for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that I think that's so true what you just said. I think authenticity is is crucial from the beginning, but honestly, that's what I admired most about you when I first Aww. got to know you. Like, Mary, you keep it 100. And I I just I've always loved that about you. I think there was a big part in my life 10 years ago where I felt like I had to be this certain way. I had to say these certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of, especially like church culture was teaching me that. And that was a big part of where I was speaking because my heart was so much for survivors in the church to find their voice. But I felt in some ways I was really being kind of molded to be mm-hmm. this certain product. And that's when thank God brought you into my life <laughs> because it was just like, you were, you were in Christian radio. So Christian media is even more so like that. And to see you and to meet you was just like, Oh my gosh, there's someone out there who's on a platform who's been, you know, molded by the church in some ways and has to, you know, be a voice show up. Yeah. But yet you show up fully you. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Whoa, like you can do that. You know, like you can, (laughs) I don't know. I'm the jury's still out on that, but that's, what's been so weird for me though, 
is not growing up in the church and then being given an amazing opportunity to be in Christian radio, to just help people find hope. That's all it is. You're helping people find hope and healing, Mm, Yeah. but it's been weird riding that wave of very much feeling like a misfit when I'm in an organization where a lot of people don't look like me and they don't have the upbringing that I had. Um, and you know, a lot of trauma and a divorced home and all these just weird things that I don't see as the Christian cookie cutter, um, person, But as I had a counselor help me walk through that, that you have to throw those expectations and judgments out the window. We're all just human beings trying to survive. Um, So there are still times that I feel a little like an outcast, but I've also found a lot of times where there's so much beauty that comes with the baggage of maybe a different looking um, upbringing. Yeah. And, and also that's what's made you relatable. Well, I, I think it's really cool. Like, through the ups and downs of your life, you've been able to share little nuggets with people, you know, working at a Christian radio station that is very much, you know, about faith and family values where you can't really say some certain words like sexual abuse. You could never say that on the radio, Uh but you found a way to say, this is my story without saying the words, right? And survivors know, they know what, they smell it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so they would come out of the woodwork messaging you, finding you at mm-hmm. events um, because they related to you. It was like a Me Too movement, right? But it was, yeah. but it wasn't even something you actually explicitly said, but you, you have always been able to personalize it and not make this journey so hopeful that it wasn't relatable. And I think like you have so many fans and a lot of them are people who are like us who, you know, they do have hope and they do have Jesus, but man, their lives are are hard and we're willing to talk about that. And I just love that about you. Well, and I think that's what the interesting part about having gone through suffering or trauma or just hurtful things in life. There's still that common thread where we're all woven together Um, and you know, the, the verbiage and language that I use, it can be applied to so many different things. It's not just sexual abuse, um, from my own experience, but maybe there's Mm -hmm. someone who's gone through domestic violence or Mm -hmm. just verbal abuse, or there's a lot of common things that still run through those areas of pain and life. Um, and that's what it's all about is us going, okay, maybe I haven't gone through that, but I can still pull a little nugget from that Mm -hmm. to help me better in this area or to Mm -hmm. help me just find a little more healing, um, on the next level because I want to keep moving forward. So mm-hmm. it's been so healing for me too, to be able to talk about my own journey, um, not only on the radio, but also doing this, you know, quite yeah. often is, is doing the podcast and just seeing how in a big old dysfunctional family, we all come together to be there for one another. Yeah. That's great. Another thing I really love about our friendship is how I think we've been able to figure out how to compliment each other. And I don't mean with words. I mean, like that quote, um, you keep me safe. I'll keep you wild. (laughs) I think we've done that like in different ways for each other. Like, do you know what I mean? I think that's such a great thing in a friendship to where you have both sides. And I think we flip in certain situations, For right? Sure. Like when we travel, you guys, when we travel, I call Mary risk management <laughs> because literally like, I'm like, let's do this thing. Like we've got 30 minutes before our next blah, blah, blah. Like, uh-huh. let's go do this wild thing. And like, it's going to be so much fun in the, and she'll do it. And it'll be really freeing, even though she's like, we don't have time. Like you got to, you know, assessing the all the possibilities like, of yeah. error. 
Exactly. Exactly. And also always looking out for me, looking to protect me, which I appreciate. Um, But then we'll do it. And then she'll be so glad we did it. And then on the other end of things, oh my gosh, like I, I can't, I can't do that. I can't, I'm so nervous. Like I can't say this thing. I can't do this part of the work and like, or I'm going through my own thing. I'm so triggered. And like, that's when like, you're, you're the safe place, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other end of things, you're like, you can do this hard thing, like step (laughs) out of your mind and get your butt out there and and be the wild self that you are, you know, there's There's always many avenues. And I, yeah, well, there's always an army traveling with us. It's just, you got to tweak the, the efforts of the army at the time. (laughs) Do we need like, go have fun and be crazy. And the army's like pushing us forward or do we need to be safe and protective? We need Mm -hmm. to carve out this little space. And so that's kind of just how I view things as, you know, you make it what you want. Um, but I do appreciate that about relationships in life that you find this person like, Oh, you're the other piece to the puzzle that where'd you come from? You know, that's that's so true because for so long, I've been so independent. Like Mm -hmm. I thrive in doing things by myself because I don't trust people and I don't want to depend on others because no one can do anything as good as me, (laughs) (laughs) which I know is a lie, but it's something that has kept me safe, Mm -hmm. you know, from failure or harm or whatever. And so, and also like, I love people, but I don't really like people, you mm-hmm. know, like humans are exhausting and they take a lot of effort and, do. and I have a fear of getting close because when I have, you know, a lot of times I've gotten very hurt, people leave. So there's a lot of lies there, but lies from experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, somehow this has worked out and I have no fear that at this point that it won't because I think we've been through a lot and, yeah. um, continue to be so that, you know, just that longevity has, has been amazing. So I'm just grateful for you. Um, I, we can get into some other things a little bit deeper later. Um, and I do want to unpack a little bit more of your story and just kind of where you're at in your healing journey. Um, but before we get into some rapid fire, is there anything you feel like talking about anything that you're newly interested in or anything you've been learning recently? Maybe you want to share? Oh, uh, recently America's got talent. I don't know if you heard about a local girl, um, well in our hometown, um, Columbus, Ohio, a girl, not far from Columbus, her name, she goes by Nightbird, And I love, love, love this quote as she's mm-hmm. battling cancer and being giving a very slim chance of surviving this, mm-hmm. um, made it through to the next round because she's so incredible. Long story short, one of the quotes that she shared that's gone viral and just circulating everywhere, and I have it written down here right by my computer, it says, Mm -hmm. you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. Wow. Okay. Because (laughs) I was just telling someone this the other day, I bought into some weird perception of life that at some point you reach this, this next level thing, whether it's your age or the career or the amount of money or whatever, fill in the blank. And then all of a sudden things click and then life just works out. Newsflash. It's never going to happen. Yeah. It's just not life is hard. And right now I'm in a weird season of trying to really absorb that and not be depressed by that idea, but just to understand that, dang, we're going to go through a lot of really tough stuff. And what is inside of you at the core is what's going to decide if you're going to survive or not. 
So just hearing that quote and knowing, okay, I don't have to wait until fill in the blank to then be happy and content. I can work on that now is empowering Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. know if that makes sense. Well, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that. I think that's a really great nugget to kind of take into the next season of life, whether it's healing from sexual abuse or just life, you know, life and relationships and really, you know, treasuring what you have and knowing that what you have is enough. Mm -hmm. Okay. Rapid fire words or questions. So it's going to be a word. Okay. And then you just respond with the first thing that comes to mind or a question and Ah! just respond with what comes. And you are allowed to pass. Okay. But you'll be frowned upon. Story of my life, bring it. Okay. Some are serious, some are not. Okay. Survivor. Ooh, Nicole. <laughs> oh, dang, girl. Voice. Oh, little Mary. Oh, I love. Okay. Yeah. Game over. That's <laughs> precious. I'm already almost love- crying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Moving on to something happy. Bernie's Mountain Dog. Kira, baby <laughs> Kira, my little angel, your birdie's mountain dog. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're cute. Mary just um, dog sat for for me while our family was on vacation, and I think Kira's still grieving. She wants to come back. Oh, I think she baby. got a little too much loving. Yes, she did. <laughs> so sweet. Okay, motherhood. Ooh. Um, I think of all the special women in my life, mainly my mom, but also the women who've played that nurturing role in my life, coach Karis and Tina and Lisa and you, Nicole, cause you're older than me. So <laughs> awesome. There's so That's many more special I women you. I love and adore so much. Yeah. I love it. God. Oh, the first word popped in my head was love, <laughs> but also just gentle and kind and a safe place. Mm. Yeah. Hand sanitizer. My favorite thing on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Airplanes. That's all I got. (laughs) Okay. Just a deep breath. Patriarchy. Oh, let's not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Share your Enneagram number. Ooh, a two. I'm a helper. Yes, you are. Favorite nail color? <laughs> oh, an olive green. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> one of your biggest pet peeves? I cannot stand. Can I share two? There's a lot because mm. I'm a very like easily irritated person. Um <laughs> Number one, when people are in the fast lane and they're not passing anyone and they're just on a Sunday drive, get out of my way. Okay. Uh There's that. Yes. Number two is when I go into a restaurant and there's one person, for example, at a coffee shop and they've taken up a table of four or six with one person, computers and books. I get it that maybe that was the only table available, but get up and move once a smaller one becomes available. Cause that irritates me when I walk in. Wow. I didn't know that would be as loaded as it was. Okay. Uh Since you brought up driving, I'll tell you one of my biggest pet peeves when you're driving and you're making a left-hand turn in my vehicle, (laughs) you turn too quick before the, as the person coming towards you, 
you turn almost into them every single time you're about to hit that car. Listen, but you continue to give me the keys every time. So you can't (laughs) complain. (laughs) All right, whatever. So there's that. First thing you do in the morning. Oh my goodness. Um, I just, because I do a really early shift on my radio thing, I I'm not the type to get up really early and have like this long meditation moment where I light candles. I am like sleeping until I absolutely can roll out of bed and just race to the day and start doing my thing. Yeah, I'm probably okay. grumbling and complaining the whole yeah. time. <laughs> and maybe now we know why your anxiety is at the level it is. <clears throat> okay. The most used emoji. I would say I do the kissy face a lot um, mm-hmm. or also the laughing face. I go mm-hmm. between those two a lot. Okay. Yeah. Something on your bucket list. Ooh. Well, we've talked about it before. I would still love to go to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to go to Ireland at some point. Yeah. Um, ooh. And I want to get my tattoo sleeve done someday. Yes. What yeah. do you want on it? I got it ready. Okay. I'm just waiting. Okay. <clears throat> If you were forced to watch the same movie for an entire day, what would it be? Duh, Home Alone. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Case wanted to watch that last night. Oh, I just love it. Uh huh. All right, pick a type of food to represent me. Oh, Mexican. Duh. <laughs> pick a city or a place to represent you. Oh man, has to be New York City because yeah. of the chaos, the screaming, <laughs> the yelling, the all the things. That's just never turns off, always going. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Yep. Okay. How many times do you think you've heard me tell my story in like a keynote format? Ooh, <laughs> well, I kind of have it memorized by now. No, I'm just kidding. I was um, going to actually say, well, I'll, I'll wait for that one. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so many. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you a question before you answer. I'm going to go run into a hole and plug my ears and scream out loud, but I know it will bring you joy and satisfaction to do this answer. Say a line from one of my keynote speeches. Okay. (laughs) I cringe when you do this. I don't know where you're from. If we're from the same type of town. (laughs) I can't also stand it. You walk in here. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand it that you could have any of it memorized. Okay, finish the sentence. My greatest strength is. Ooh, I am a fighter. Mm. Whack! Well, like that's a good thing on most days. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, and I want to tell a story about that later. Okay. My happy place is. Just when I feel free, I don't know that I would name a place. Um, yeah. I love being in nature and that's mm-hmm. where I feel free. So I would go with that. Yeah. My first job was something good family restaurant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know that. It was a waitress in my hometown. I don't even think it's still open anymore, but it was called something good family <laughs> restaurant oh my gosh what? I picture you in a bonnet and an apron seriously whoa oh, yeah. okay growing up I wanted to be a dentist teacher professional athlete all right <laughs> great okay 
what would you say the hardest thing about working with me is? Um, I think just not wanting (laughs) your face, just not (laughs) wanting to disappoint you have, which I understand and respect. You have very high expectations Mm -hmm. and just wanting to meet those and not disappoint and just help you deliver what you want to deliver. So yeah. Okay. The best thing about working with me. Uh, duh, just the adventure. Yeah. Okay. And helping people, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They go hand in hand. Yeah. All right. There's only actually one correct answer to this question. Name one cause you're most passionate about. One voice for freedom. <laughs> okay. The last time you cried and why, if you're willing to share. I mean, I just cried on this podcast. Oh, that's I? true. Okay. So before that or now? Yeah. Before that, if you're willing. Um, yeah, I have been struggling with um, well, anxiety for years, mm-hmm. years and years and years since my early 20s. I'm almost 40. Um, but I most recently in the past few years have been struggling mm-hmm. with something called OCD, obsessive yeah. compulsive disorder, um, diagnosed, full-blown thriving in my life. And it's been very painful and very hard um, and not even, I mean, partially due to the pandemic, but it, it started prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, yeah, it's one of those things that kind of gets in your brain and makes you feel like a freak of nature. And, um, it can be incredibly crippling at times and just trying to survive and do life and work and be a mom and be a friend. And, um, that's been hard. So that's caused a lot of tears, a lot of begging of being released from that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, so it's probably the last time I cried besides mm. today. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that. that yeah. Really hard. Yeah. It's funny. The next thing that I was going to mention goes hand in hand with that. Um, I wrote down your mascara falls on the floor. <gasps> what, what do you do? Trash can. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of makeup you guys that this woman has thrown in the trash because it's fallen on the floor would make you sick. <laughs> and hairbrushes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've thrown away a million different things mm-hmm. when I'm really at my lowest low in my OCD and germaphobe space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bad, but yeah. you know, you do what you do to survive the moment. So absolutely. In the trash they go. Exactly. <laughs> in the trash they go. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. Worst advice someone's given you. Ugh. Um, Worst advice. I mean, there's a ton, but I'm just trying to remember. Mm. Well, think of a bad one. Just something bad advice you've been given. Man, why is that stumping me? Mm. Honestly, I would have been stumped so long ago. Like, you're really good at this game. Am I? I knew you would be. Yeah, Thank you're you. so good. Like on the fly. Yeah, it's probably part of your radio I'll job. Just pass, but let's revisit that one. Not because I'm trying to ignore it, but let me really think on yeah. um, what a bad piece of advice is that I've received. Mm. Would you have any good advice that you'd want to share that has stuck with you? Yeah, I would say, oh, I have one. Mm -hmm. Your best is allowed to look like rest. (laughs) (laughs) Literally wrote that down because I saw it on your Facebook page this morning. And I loved, loved, loved that because I'm in a season right now where me showing up to do life doesn't look like what it used to like busy, Mm -hmm. strong Mary. Now I'm tired and I'm worn down and I'm a little beaten up. So Mm -hmm. I'm still trying, but it maybe Mm -hmm. doesn't look as productive as what the world might see. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love that because it gives me permission to just be and not have to 
reach any level of expectations from anyone else. Okay. That's perfect because that's leading into something I was going to ask you later. So I'll just go ahead and ask that one now. And I think this is something that a lot of your friends have seen in you is Mm -hmm. this change. um, And like in how you used to be so like your schedule would be jam packed, like for a lot of your life. Um, And now I think you've gotten to a place where you're able to realize self-care is really important. Um, And it's okay to say no. Mm. That's been something I've watched you do over the last few years. And it's been really good for you. So I'm wondering if you could even talk about how that growth came or was there something that just clicked? I, I think I finally started to see a pattern over the years and months of me having a little bit of bitterness and just being exhausted on another level mm-hmm. and looking at the things I was saying yes to, and not that they were always bad, like they were good and volunteering and loving on people and hanging out because I wanted to pour into someone else but you only have so much energy to give, yeah. especially if you're not pouring back into yourself mm-hmm. and being a two on the Enneagram and being a helper. I, I naturally love to care for others and take care of them. And sure. It also made me realize that am I doing things selfishly uh, because I need to feel loved because I need to hear thank you and you're awesome. Or because it's a genuine desire to spend time with this person or to help this person. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was a reflection on all of those different angles and different points and just learning more about myself as I'm getting older. And also someone had shared with me from drug and alcohol rehab that no is a complete sentence. And I heard that in the midst of my journey. And I was like, yes, I want to adopt that now mm-hmm. and always Yeah, um, because I've learned too, that I don't have to give an explanation why I can't or don't want to do something. Um, and Nicole, you and I have been talking a lot about if something is not serving me, if it's not bringing me joy, if it's draining, if it's actually damaging me, if it's sucking my soul out, I am allowed to say no period with nothing behind that period. Yeah. Um, and I think it just comes with getting older and getting more comfortable in your skin too, is finally shaking off those old expectations. Um, like I said, that don't really serve you and just being willing to face it and go, yep, that's who I want to be. And it's going to be uncomfortable for a while, especially for the people in my life who maybe don't understand it or want me to stay at that yes level. Uh, yeah. Cause it serves them. Yeah. Your yes. will serve them, but, but I can't do you. it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And you've learned that people will shift. Uh huh. The ones that matter will shift to that. Well, if they want to still be in my life, they'll shift. And if they don't, they'll stay where they were. And then our, our relationship's probably going to fizzle out. <laughs> yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Oh, that is such a great lesson and insight. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, something you used to believe that, but don't anymore. Oh. Something. Doesn't that kind of hit you in a spot? Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. Cause I, ooh, I don't know. Something I, know. I used to believe that I don't anymore. I mean, I guess this may kind of sound silly, but I mean, as a young person, people ask you, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And you think you have to make this just one stop career where it's just end all be all. You just do the one thing while you're here on earth and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I've learned, my goodness, there are so many beautiful parts and pieces of our personalities and our gifts and our talents that you're going to go through seasons. And maybe you have to say goodbye to something you've done for a long time that your identity is wrapped up in um, and to venture out and explore this new scary 
part of yourself that you want to grow, mm-hmm. um, I think it's okay to, to venture out. And I, I love when I look at people who have done that uh, whole midlife crisis thing where they leave this career after so many years and that's kind of who they were, but they want to go open a flower shop or they just want to go travel for a couple years or mm-hmm. fill in the blank. I just love the idea that the chapters are always evolving and we yeah. can make them whatever we want them to be. Yeah. There's some good advice that you've given me in regards to that. I remember many times you've said, you know, nothing's permanent. Yes. And and that was very freeing in certain situations for me um, to break out and venture into try something new. And, and it always really paid off. It was was part of my unleashing, you know? Yeah. Um, Okay. So in that same realm, what would you do if you didn't do what you do now, whether it be in radio or, you know, speaking or nonprofit work, what would you do? (sighs) I don't know in -hmm. this little creativity exercise, um, that I did not too long ago, it was that whole dream big. And and if you did anything else right now at this point in life, what would it be? Mm -hmm. And I wrote down a counselor. Mm -hmm. I wrote down a social worker. Um, I wrote down leading a support group. Um, I wrote down a coach, which no, um, (laughs) (laughs) I've done that. It's not my strength. It's not my strong suit. Uh. Um, I just, I love being in life with people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what's most important to me. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Hardest part of the healing journey. It never ends. Hmm. It never yeah. ends. Yeah. For brains like mine, that's the last thing we want to hear. Yeah. Has there been a best part about being a survivor, even though it's a lifelong journey? Yeah, I I think one of the biggest points that you talk about and was very helpful for me then and now, and I know moving forward is just finding your voice um, and not apologizing for it. I don't have to apologize for me existing and me taking up space and me wanting things a certain way that you don't agree with. Back off. Wow, Mm. you hit a nerve. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You said back off. Wow. Is there like a firecracker like sound effect right now? Yeah. Dang. Exactly. All right. You've already talked about what gives you the most life. Um, I think. Yeah. Like nature. Nature. Yeah. Wherever you feel free. Is that the same as where you would feel the most peace or is that different? Yeah. No, I would say that the peace and the freedom thing are all when I. Yeah don't have expectations in life when I'm not stuck doing emails, when I'm not, um, trying to meet someone's expectations. Like that's Mm -hmm. a big, a big theme for me in my life. And just what I grew up with and some damaging things that, um, just were hard for me to go through and hung around a little bit as an adult. So when I can cut those ties and just be me and worry about me, Mm -hmm. it's freeing and very peaceful. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, what makes you laugh the hardest? Ooh, oh, right now my son <laughs> is six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know him, Nicole, and he is a little spitfire and just never ending jokes and stories. <laughs> and just, if I hear one more poop joke or something, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, he can He's really so lighten random. the load when life feels super heavy. Oh yeah. That's great. That's really good. Um, what is a benefit of this podcast in your life? I can go anywhere you go. It's just this little buddy that, you know, maybe when you're not able to reach out to a friend, I think we've all been there. 
um, when I, I can't text you what I'm struggling with and I'm, I'm so deep down in that hole that it's, oh, just voicing what's going on is painful. So flipping the bad boy on and putting the earbuds in, going for a walk or curling up in your bed and just hiding, it is just there. It's that lifeline that can be there whenever you need it 24 seven. Um, so it's a beautiful little resource. Oh, that's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about what led to this actual podcast, you know, Mm. being created for people who may not have been following us for a super long time, you know? Um, I think, you know, it, it kind of just, for me, it was on our dream board for a long time in the, in the office. And, um, mostly it came out of just knowing our strengths together and it just made sense for me. I think for you, it was just like, oh, this is a thing that's on your dream board. Okay. I'll help you make that happen. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, I can hit some buttons. I'm passionate (laughs) about what you do. I want to support you. So it was just a nice little marriage of let's just make it happen. Mm -hmm. You're much more of a visionary than I am. uh, But I can put some boots to the ground to, you know, do the execution part. And then here we are. Here we are. Yes. And we should give a shout out to Jim Oaks, who is the father of one of my teammates um, growing up. He passed away a couple of years ago from a battle with cancer. But he really was kind of like a behind the scenes guy that was like, Nicole, like I'm retired and I've always believed in you and how can I help? And so kind of just like started sending him some things to do. And he was the one that found our hosting site. He helped us create our first graphic. Like he just kind of did a lot of the little things that we didn't have time to do because we were speaking, we were running the nonprofit. Um, you know, you had your radio job. We're both moms, but moms. yeah. Yeah. So Jim, we are just so grateful for what you have done for us Mm. and just want to remember you today because this podcast truly wouldn't be, wouldn't be possible um, without your heart and and your willingness to serve and love us. So thank you. And speaking of, you know, people who are supporting this work, this ongoing work, I wanted to mention this as an opportunity for those listening, you know, if you have been, you know, if you've been enjoying this podcast, if maybe you've been here since the beginning, you know, 100 episodes of, of free content of people sharing their stories. Many of us, many of the guests have been very vulnerable with their, their journey, their story in order to be a resource to you. And we've put this together for, you know, a few years now with no Patreon, no way of financing it. Um, other than just from our own pockets. And I'm wondering if at this point at our 100th stop, if any of you would be willing to simply support our work by giving to the nonprofit One Voice for Freedom. I'm just kind of doing a little bit of an ask. If anyone would be willing to step up and and share, you know, give a $100 donation and, and just show your support for what we're doing for this podcast, just to help us keep it running. Um, you can donate at one Voice for Freedom's website, which is One Voice, the number four, freedom.org. And there's obviously a tax write-off as One Voice for Freedom is a nonprofit organization that stops child sex trafficking around the world by being a voice of awareness, a voice of prevention to those who are at high risk of being trafficked. And really the mission is to give hope and healing resources to those who've been abused, those who've been exploited. And the podcast is a part of that work. And so, yeah, just in celebration and in honor of this 
wonderful, you know, moment in the life of this podcast. We just really um, love your support. So appreciate that. Moving on. So Mary, what is one of your favorite podcast moments or favorite podcast guests, if that's easier? Oh my goodness. We've had so many. A hundred actually. Although some of them were just you and I, but. Dr. Diane Langberg. Oh man. That woman is next to Jesus. You know, we've all envisioned. We've had her twice. Yeah. 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 And we've all envisioned ourselves being older. Yeah. And you're like, what will I look like? How much gray hair will I have? Will my personality be like this or like that? I want to be her because, mm-hmm. you know, you think as you get older, there's still a filter. You have to tame things down. You're going to dinner at three 30 in the afternoon. Now, like she is bringing it. She is a spitfire. She's sassy. She says it, how it needs to be said. It is so up with the times. Yeah. Um, and I just appreciate that about her, her knowledge, her wisdom, her willingness to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look up to her and I want to be her when I get older. <laughs> Ugh, me too. Yes. She's so smart and so bold. Like there's no questions about it. Like yeah. she's got that confidence from experience, from walking with survivors, from just being smart. You're right. I'm with you. I think I probably would say the same thing. Yeah. It's been a real honor to have her she's twice amazing. on our podcast. Good. Good answer. Um. How has the podcast been what you imagined it would be and how has it been different? Oh, well, my little techie side of my brain, I'm like, yeah, we, we record and we put it on the website and the app and it just shows up. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> boom, done it, nailed it. Miracle. Um, yeah. But I, I will tell you, it has been such a beautiful unfolding to see the guests and just the different stories uh, the different angles, the backgrounds, the ideas, just all of it, um, just such a wide range of guests. But also, again, there's that common thread and theme that just brings us all together. No matter if your story directly relates or not, yeah. you're a dysfunctional family trying to help each other survive. And it's just community and a safe space. And that's what I, I mean, I knew to expect that, but then to actually see it unfold has just been amazing and such a beautiful experience. I agree. Yeah. Do you have any dream guests? Ooh, I mean, duh. I think for you, Amy, Glenn and Doyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oprah. Uh, I'd love to have Oprah. Yeah. Dream absolutely. big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That kind of leads me into some more stuff. So this will be less rapid fire. You okay. can take your time if you feel, okay. but yeah, I was wondering, actually speaking of Glenn and Doyle, would you be willing to unpack one of your favorite stories or like eye-opening ideas from her book that you're currently reading, rereading mm. untamed. Oh yeah. I was just reading another part of it actually last night and Glennon was talking about how many people have reached out to her and these women saying, I feel stuck. I'm mm. wasting my life. What am I doing? I'm so miserable, yeah. but I'm on this hamster wheel of life, whether it's as a wife, a mom, um, an employee, and you just feel like you can't shift. You can't get off because well, this is just the way life's going to be. And I love that Glennon talks about shaking things up and how we have to take our imagination and what makes us feel alive inside of our heads and our hearts and get it down on paper because she says dreaming and imagination is planning. So get it out of you. Talk about it with someone and like, let's do the thing. You can do it. But like she's talked about with her own story, 
you might have to be willing to let go of some things that are uncomfortable, some tough conversations, but from her journey, and I know from millions of others, it sounds like it's worth it. So are you willing Mm -hmm. to do the hard thing to get the life you want to have? (laughs) Oh yeah, that is good. Yeah. Sheesh. Yep. Like my son Jude always says, sheesh. That was big. Okay. Well, speaking of that, let's do that in your own life. Put you back on the hot seat. What is something that was like, I would say particularly challenging for you as an adult, something you've faced um, that maybe if someone's listening, who's been in a similar scenario, Mm -hmm. how would you encourage them? You have to be uh, your own advocate. Uh, And that can be something specific, specifically challenging thing for you. What's that? Tell us a specific challenge. Oh, or you can be generic. It's okay. (laughs) Whatever you feel comfortable with. Just, you know, your own advocate, self-advocate. Yeah. I I think, you know, in your own family, there's going to be that one relationship that drives you bonkers. You love Mm -hmm. the person because they are whoever they are in your life. Uh, But maybe the words they say are painful. Maybe they've Mm -hmm. held on to uh, past things about you, a storyline, a narrative that they're still buying into that you have far surpassed. Like you are, I broke up with that idea a long time ago, but they're still stuck in that place. Uh Um, and then also, you know, when you look at other areas in life, whether it's just a friendship or maybe it's at work, a challenging person who maybe just doesn't get it, maybe lacks compassion, maybe just always says the wrong thing. And you're trying to coexist with this person and love them, even though you want to just bang your head up against a brick wall, because it's just hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we all come to that point in life where you just have to assess, is this relationship worth it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where am I willing to draw a line Mm -hmm. and healthy boundaries for me? Do I continue to pour into this and hope for the best? Or is it time to cut ties and release myself of the pain and torment that this brings into my life? Um, yeah, so that, I mean, there's so many different areas where that can be applied and so many areas where I'm pulling that from in my own life. Um, but I just think be willing to step up and say the hard things and say what you need, mm-hmm. whether they want to hear it or not. So I think yeah. it's being your own advocate is so crucial to yeah. survive in this world. I, I do too. You know, I, I find that the fear of doing the self-advocating can oftentimes be so much more stress and take the life and energy out of you than just doing the self-advocating. A lot of times it ends up a lot better than what you had thought it would be, or it wouldn't ruffle as many feathers as you thought it would or ruin something. Yeah, Like a lot of times it just, it's worth it. I think just being willing to try um, not only sometimes pays off, but Mm -hmm. it's no matter what will speak life back into you. You're telling, you know, the little version of you that what, what she feels matters, what she Mm -hmm. thinks matters, what feels uncomfortable for her matters. Like you're, you're speaking back to it, whether the current outcome is what you want or not. There's an inner outcome that always pays off. Well, and I think too, you have to exercise that muscle. I I think for a lot of us who have been abused is, yeah, someone else had the reins, someone else took control, someone Mm -hmm. else took advantage. So I I feel like a lot of my life, I always stop and look around and I'm assessing what do these people need from me? And then I just morph 
into whatever they need. And it's like, wait a second, what do I need? Mm, As I look at my age and the point I am in my life, I've got to let little Mary exercise that voice and exercise that muscle so we can keep doing it. And then it becomes more second nature. And I don't have to assess the, the crowd and the, the audience. I just go with what I know is true to my heart and my gut and my little Mary. And then I can't go wrong if I'm living my life that way. Yeah. Gosh, that is such a sign of healing to Mm me when, when we are able to reach that level, um, man. Yeah. That just shows the work that you've put in yeah, um, and the community you've chosen to surround yourself with. Yeah. Well, what would current Mary say to a younger Mary, little Mary, you know, like, how did you get to be, I think a lot of our listeners would want to know how did Mary get to be so bold in such a loving way? Yeah. You know, but also like, just what would, what would she say? I think. I just said this to someone the other day, a counselor friend of mine, as I was kind of talking about a a tough uh, area in my life right now. And I said, I'm so grateful that there's two sides of the fighter side of me. I think naturally, as I was created as a human being, I just have a fighter spirit in me. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other part of it is I've had to fight a lot in my life, starting at a very young age, starting in my abuse. Um, among some other things that I had to go through that were hard as a young person, I have had to fight. Um, and that has been a really good thing and has served me well in my life as I want to accomplish goals or I'm fighting for injustice and, you know, I'm fighting for myself, but also there's a part of that, that like, listen, Mary, step back. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't always have to fight. You can sometimes just let the situation play out and, and kind of step back and, and let things organically unfold. Um, so I would say that's been a big part of my journey is just that fighter part of me naturally. And because of my environment, um, and then I think over the years when I found what brought me joy and passion and even healing for myself is being in community and life with others. So I take mm-hmm. that fighter side of me and then I take that part that's very compassionate and very passionate and I combine all of that and it equals doing stuff like this, mm-hmm. uh, things like the healing journey and helping others and the podcast and your online support group and us doing events here in our community, in our hometown to mm-hmm. love on people. That's when I feel alive and connected. And like, I have purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love if you'd talk a little bit about your experience in Unleash. Well, in the midst of the pandemic, one of the things that we learned is community is so important and vital and crucial to survival, but especially for us survivors, when yeah. the isolation, the trauma, all of that is just screaming at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that unleash, like I mentioned earlier with the podcast, it just meets you where you are, whether you're yeah. in your bed with a blanket over your head or you're in your car, <laughs> you're in your basement, you're, it goes yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. And again, even though the stories of each individual are different, there's a common thread in all of us. And to see that come to life via zoom is amazing. Thank you technology. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was really special how like the group that you and I led together, um, it it was so cool how so many of us kind of had the same theme. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that in a lot of the groups where it's like, there's this one theme that we all can relate to. And it's funny how we all kind of thought we were the only one, you know? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Just being reminded that you're not alone, whatever the area is, whatever the theme is, whatever the lens is, how you see life, Mm -hmm. there's someone else in the same boat and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, hopefully we'll be able to lead one maybe this fall again together. Yes. Some of our listeners could sign up and be in our group and hang out with us for eight weeks. I mean, that's priceless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. One thing about you, Mary, that I find so intriguing is how you dive into documentaries. <laughs> I knew you always <laughs> you did. Well, because yes, you've been I doing that more. It. Yes. You you always have a cool one that you've watched, which I'm always like, how do you find time? But you do uh-huh. somehow. You don't sleep, I guess. No. And then you always find the weirdest ones. So mm-hmm. like I can't commit to even a show. But I love hearing your Cliff's notes. So I want to hear one of the weirdest documentaries you've seen recently. Well, as I was doing a little Google search and the reason why I feel like I need to defend myself a little bit, like I said earlier, (laughs) being with people and life stories Mm -hmm. are what make me feel alive and just connected. And so that has morphed itself into, I'm obsessed with documentaries, as you mentioned, Um, So not only do I like to watch them for me to gain knowledge, especially about mental health stuff, Mm. um, but also I am fascinated by human beings and the human mind and why we do what we do. Yeah. So the most recent one was called, I think it was, hold on. I got to look this up. I don't want to say it wrong. (laughs) It was called God knows where I am. And this incredible story was about a woman um, I think her name was Linda. Not important. Yeah, it is. To me, it is. Okay. Where is her name? That's what's so funny is you, all this, the details are important to you. So important to me. Like, yes. because you feel like you know this person now and you like, sometimes you guys, sometimes <laughs> she will be telling me about this person's story that she saw in a documentary and she worries about them. I this is what happens. I'm invested. I'm committed. I am oil. Yeah. 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 A little obsessive. I love it. (laughs) I did mention I do OCD, so it's not my fault. Um, (laughs) so long story short, her name is Linda and she was living quote, a normal life as society would say. And then later in adulthood, she had her daughter, she was married, just kind of trucking along doing life. And found out she, uh, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia and just a lot of struggles and, you know, a lot of paranoia and, and the different things she had gone through. It was painful. And it was hard and her family's trying to help. And, uh, she ended up getting admitted into a state psych hospital and a lot of other stuff unfolded there in the story. But once she got out of the hospital, she ended up hunkering down in this old farmhouse. I think it was in New Hampshire for four months and lived on apples. Mm. And what's crazy about the journey is she journaled her entire stay there. So it's incredibly sad. Uh, the whole story is based around her death. They found her there in the farmhouse, Mm. but reading her journals and just the, the parts of her heart and the mind and, and just the quote, normal things she wanted, but also then there were the areas of her, her brain and heart that you, some would say it was sick and and needed medication and needed help. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just a very fascinating story. And, and just to see her living her final days, trying to survive and 
you know, sharing in the journals, what kind of life she wanted. And then her family on the outside, what they wanted for her and no one knew where she was. Um, and, and she, yeah, she spent her final days in the farmhouse. I was just, even after turning it off, I remember I just kept thinking about it for days Yes. and just what would it be like, you know, trying to survive and, you know, mm-hmm. battling that illness. And I've struggled with my own bouts of depression and anxiety for years. Um, mm-hmm. so I just have a, such a special place in my heart for people who like me have struggled with mental illness Yeah. Um, and you're just trying to survive. And, um, yeah, so that story was really special, even though it was super heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was still some silver lining there that, that I appreciated and in, in watching that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that it, it goes along with your love for people, like you said, yeah. and, and for people who are struggling, mm-hmm. you know, for people who have stories under the surface that aren't known about like this woman, Yeah, like yeah. no one would know about her, but this documentary brings it to life and, and you care, you care so deeply about stories. And I think that's so important. It's so beautiful. I mean, your heart is the most golden that I've ever known in my Aww. life. And, and part of that is just your love to really know people deeply. You're not settling for some surface relationships, some surface knowledge. Like you, we will be on a walk in some random city or, you know, (laughs) having dinner, um, before speaking engagement and you have to find the life story of our server. And (laughs) You may actually hand them money before we leave, like just for their child who is struggling. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's beyond the normal human heart. (laughs) And I love that. I I just, any opportunity to help. And sometimes that means asking one question Mm -hmm. below the surface. Yeah. Yeah. You're very good at that. One question that can unpack this whole thing. And then, oh, this opportunity yeah. is right in front of me and I would have missed it if I didn't yeah. ask this one thing. Do I yeah. do that all the time? No, I'm not always a people person, right. but oftentimes I want to know what's below the surface. That's yeah. true. You do. You're good at gauging your energy and your capacity yeah. in that moment. Yep. And if you have the ability and you feel like it's the right, you discern whether it's the right time, right person, you know, for them to be randomly running into you and now crying and telling you their life story. <laughs> and then we leave with a whole project of how we're going to help them through the struggle. You know, if it's, it's meant a- to be, it's, it's going to happen. And I yeah. am here for it. If I yeah. have the energy and like you said, the capacity that day, yeah. I'm here for it. If I can be of any assistance to someone else. Yeah. I think that about you, that, you know, desire that, that care, that deep compassion, plus coupled with your trauma, Mm. I think has brought about your humor. I think (laughs) has brought about your creativity. You know what I mean? Like, okay. One of my favorite things of our like travels and things like that, or just being together in general and being friends um, is when we have been sitting on like a porch, you know, having some adult beverages and just people watching or, you know, you know what I mean? Like just being somewhere and like you come up with these storylines about (laughs) this person. It's one of my favorite things. It's so funny. I just, I see a human being and I'm like, all right, here's the backstory. Susie left home at 17 (laughs) 
she wanted to be a librarian, but her dad said, go work in the coal mines. A librarian, such a waste of a brain. And that's where this, that's how it starts. Like, that's just all add to it that you add. And now we've got this whole, we've literally written a documentary about some poor person who just I, randomly walked by with their dog. Like, right. What so you saying wrong? earlier, what, do, what are the other things I see myself doing? I think I miss my calling as a filmmaker, oh. not that I'm artsy at all, but I can get the people stories. I can get yeah. those. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is my life. This is my life. Oh, it's just fun to be in the audience. Oh, it's funny. Okay. What is, um, one small thing you do every day to support your healing journey? Ooh, music is really important to me. Mm. Um, not that I listen to it every day, but I try to be in tune to that though. When I'm like, Ooh, I'm feeling a little, mm, I need something yeah. to kind of, uh, busy my brain a little bit or just make my heart feel better. Um, so that is a very healthy crutch for me is music is really important. And also like I have plants all over my house. I love plants. They make me just feel cozy and also candles. Um, all that stuff's really important to me and often going or around me wherever I am. Is there one specific song that's made a real impact on your life? Ooh, it depends on my mood. Sometimes okay. I know I need to cry. Yeah. And I'll okay. put, oh, this is so crazy. Lady Gaga has a song called um, Joanne. It, shocking. It's a story about her aunt who passed away when she was very young. And Lady Gaga wrote this beautiful song about her. And mm. it's just like when I need to cry, the melody, the harmony, the Lady Gaga's voice, like all of it is just this beautiful little flower blossoming. I love listening to that song. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's just a random one that popped in my head, but yeah, there's a lot of other ones as well. I love Karen Carpenter. Mm. Um, yeah, (laughs) so there's that. (laughs) You're such a little hippie. I love it. Okay. Do you have any particular stories surrounding water intake or consumption of water in your life? You guys, this woman. I mean, and- I can put some water down. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I just, part of it is I'm naturally very thirsty in my defense. <laughs> and part of it is I know it's good for your skin, hair, nails, kidneys, mm. all of that stuff. And I, I just want to take care of my body as much as I can as oh. I'm downing it with a bag of Doritos. So there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. What do you like about yourself? Oh, Nicole, mm. you're precious. I I think it goes back to that whole fighter thing. And again, not that I always like that part of myself, but um, it has served me well in a, yeah. a lot of areas in life. So I am appreciative that I have that just in me, but then mm-hmm. also through what I've gone through, it's required a level of fighting that has helped me get some stuff done in life. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate that about me. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I think, you know, being a fighter has kept a lot of us alive, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like trauma really wants to take us down and our darkest moments can be really scary. And I think the fighter in you is like the fighter in me that keeps us going and searching yeah. and like finding that glimmer of hope, that little bit of light that's left. Um, but I also love the fighter in you. 
on a more, you know, global scale where you, you hate injustice, Mm. you, you love mercy and Mm -hmm. you also love calling things out when they are wrong, when people are being hurt or harmed, like you look for the underdog, you'll be a voice for them until they can speak up themselves. You'll, Mm -hmm. you'll see the best in someone when they don't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've, you've walked with a lot of people who you know, would be marginalized. You've walked with people, you know, survivors of human trafficking, um, survivors of domestic violence, people who've been bullied, um, people who are struggling to survive their coping. Mm-hmm. You know, you've walked with them in ways that help them to believe in themselves. Aww. And that is one of the most beautiful things I think that could be said um, because a lot of people aren't willing aren't willing to do that, aren't willing to look beyond the ugly stuff, right? Or, or past the the ways that our coping can hurt other people and push Mm -hmm. you away, but you, you remain solid and and strong. Even when people are making bad choices, you know, over and over and over again, you still are like, I know that there's something good there. I know they can do it. Well, and I, I think it, it's partially taps into that fighter side of me, but also I think out of my trauma and out of all the hard things I've gone through, I got a little bit of crazy in me that has helped me do the crazy thing that other people look at me and you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not worth anything, or they're not going to be able to beat that addiction or whatever it is. And I can't hear that. I don't see that. I, I don't yeah. listen to that. Um, so it's all those things combined, my trauma, the fighter side, I mean, a little bit of crazy that morphs into, mm. I will step up for you and I'm going to fight for you, even though you can't always fight for yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and also you'll fight those who are causing the wrong. So one of my favorite stories oh, from, from our travels was we were speaking together in, was it New Jersey or Maryland? New Jersey. New Jersey. Um, and we had just finished actually, and I think we told this on the podcast in the past, but it's been a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So we had just finished speaking at this conference about child abuse and, you know, uh, what, what was the name of, I don't remember, but anyways, we were telling people, you've got to step up, right? You got to step up. up. You got to speak up when you can't, you have to, you know, stop defending the perpetrators. We can't let rape culture continue. Use your words, change the terminology, all all these things. Yes. Um, And then we're like, oh, that was awesome. Like we are awesome. (laughs) We haven't even left the hotel yet to come home, which the conference was held at this beautiful hotel. So we're having lunch at the hotel, like dining room next to us is this table with about, what would you say? 12 to 15 guys. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Men. I think they were from a law firm. Attorneys. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. I'm going to let you tell the story. No, 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 no. Attorneys. Yeah. Okay. So we are overhearing some conversations about what a female intern mm-hmm. who, what did they say? They were making comments about what she was wearing. Oh, it's right? just, and they said, um, they were just talking about her in, in a, in a sexual manner. And oh, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. Yeah. And the one guy who was leading this like table of literally, it was like 15 men, um, said, he said, you can't put blood in the water and not expect the sharks to go after it. 
That's right. And when I say our blood was boiling, (laughs) I felt like my whole body was red and I knew Mary was going to go off. So we're sitting there and we're like, okay, this is disgusting. This is horrific. This is exactly what we were just talking about. Uh We cannot just sit here and let this happen. Like you have to practice what you preach. Yes. And so we're both like, okay, who's going to say it? What are we going to say? How are we going to do this? I'm like, all right, let's pray real quick. Or you said that. I don't know which one of us, but I blacked out. I'm, no I literally sooner, left my body. I have no idea what yeah, happened. We were like, let's, let's like, let's just take a quick moment of, of silence. Let's just pray about the situation and we'll know how to deal with it. No sooner did I <laughs> bow my head. I then heard Mary, her chair scoot out. She's standing up and she's got this guy pulling him to the side and he's following her like this little child to the corner of this restaurant to have a talk. Oh, right. oh the tail play. talked. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you went at it. You were letting him know. And he, it was like his mom was scolding him. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Amazing. I just remember my back was on fire <laughs> and cause I just, you can't get off a stage and what we're about and protecting people, men and women. And I just, I, I can't be okay with not speaking up in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, I, I don't no. like go after conflict, no, you, don't. you don't, but I'm not willing to sit by and watch it happen. So we had the conversation shocking. The excuses were pointless and oh, what he had to say the but typical I just knew that, responses that are so dumb yeah so we knew we did the right thing and then I can yeah. sleep at night knowing that we're walking the walk and we're talking the talk so mm, yeah yeah that drive back to Ohio was one of my favorite because we just kept <laughs> replaying it and we were just like yeah oh I was shaking I was I know shaking. Yeah. oh I know I know we were sweaty <laughs> oh my goodness yeah but hopefully it made an impact. I mean, I if hope. he was willing to come back to that table and not just, you know, talk smack about us and actually address the situation and correct it like that, that would be amazing to have their mm-hmm. leader then immediately humble himself and, and say he was wrong. And um, I can only and, hope and pray that that happens. And, and that's where the old me wanted to see every little detail to the end. But now I just know that we can't always see the final peace and the final mm-hmm. outcome. So you mm-hmm. got to do your part and just hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's one of my favorite fighter stories of you. <laughs> yes. Woo! Forget. Yeah. You've talked a lot, you know, in previous podcasts and even today about, you know, anxiety and just OCD. And I wonder what's been, if you're willing to share, what's been the hardest part of that journey with each of them? Just feeling like it's never going to end. That can be a painful mindset to have. Um, Do I believe in healing in that area in life? Absolutely. But you don't always feel like it's going to happen for you. Mm. Um, as I don't want anyone to have to deal with any suffering or pain, uh, you know, especially mental illness. Um, you know, most days you don't feel like it's, it's going to end and that can just wear you down. Yeah. Um, 
And that's a hard season to operate out of when you're trying to work and be a parent and an employee and just get up and shower and brush your teeth. And it's hard um, dealing with that extra level of difficulty because the world in general is tough. And then when you add in some suffering, whatever that looks like in your life, whether that's from abuse or mental illness, it's just like, oh, great. I also get to deal with this on top of just life is hard, (laughs) pandemic, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, It's just another layer. So then what do your self pep talks look like? Um, man, they wouldn't always be fun to peek in on. Mm -hmm. I figured. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So as much as I'm a fighter, there are days where I struggle to fight for myself. Yeah. Um, and just all honesty and transparency, it's hard some days to pull up the bootstraps and, Mm -hmm. you know, and in these walls of my home where I, you know, live with my family, it's not always pretty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are days where I just look like a zombie and I'm just going from one thing to the next to, to just survive today. And then maybe tomorrow I'll have a little more energy and I'll be a little more outgoing and I'm laughing. And, um, and, and then you, you feel a little, uh, unsettled, but also you feel a little bit of a roller coaster because man, yesterday was super hard. And like today I feel okay. And tomorrow you may be okay, or tomorrow may be another down in the dumps in the trenches. So just with the whole mental illness piece, you never know how you're going to feel. And that can be exhausting. Just not Mm -hmm. knowing what's next. Yeah, I can imagine. What would you say to maybe other trauma survivors who feel like they're in that kind of similar battle to you in what you're sharing? Maybe they have the same kind of, you know, battle, or maybe it's a little bit different. I would say again, the whole self-advocacy thing is crucial. And I have a counselor who I regularly meet with. Um, I have in the past been on medication. Um, I have a circle, you know, Nicole, you're one of my, you know, front row cheerleaders, whether you like it or not, you're stuck with me, Mm -hmm. um, who I can text and say like, dude, I need prayers. I am not well today. So you've got to have that little unit, that little army of people that you tap into, even when sending the text or asking for help is so hard, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to fight for yourself and at least send that. And you can say, and Nicole, I've said it to you before. I can't talk. I don't want to meet up. Like you can be in that place and still get the support you need, but you have to be willing to just say those things to lay it out there. Yeah. Like I'm not in a place where I can go get a cup of coffee. I Mm -hmm. I don't want to see anyone, but please just throw up a prayer for me or just send me a little encouraging message. And you've done that before. Mm -hmm. So I, I think just having your little, your little toolbox of resources you cannot survive if you don't have that. So it's tapping into all those different areas that are going to help you just get through the day. Um, and just knowing the things too, that help bring you to life, whether that's getting out in nature, whether that's music and you lay in your bed and cry for an hour, I've done that before or yeah. a documentary or a movie, you've got to do all the self-care things. And I know that's so trendy and a buzzword right now, but for those of us who are like, I don't live, if I don't have the self-care, mm-hmm. like it is a truly a life or death thing. And just knowing that, we've got to use the resources or reach out. Mm. Yeah. I love how it's kind of always been about the little things with you too. It's not the big manufactured ways of getting through life. It's mm-hmm. like, it's Taco Bell. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a great conversation with the person bagging your groceries, or it's mm-hmm. the wind that was blowing through the trees that day on your walk or the deer that happened to show up in your yard along the way. Like, yeah, it's those little things that 
really have carried you through some of the hardest things. And, and so to me, a lot of the healing with that has been about you noticing, mm. noticing things. I think noticing is so important. Self-compassion mm-hmm. is so important. Um, it's key. You have and- to be intentional. Yeah. You have to be intentional looking for the things and, and it's not, it's not always going to be those mountaintop moments that are going to help us survive. Sure. Getting away for two weeks on vacation or finding a great counselor and a great session that you just had, or yeah, those mountaintop moments are important, but it's down in the valleys where if you don't find that silver lining, it's going to get dark real fast from my experience. So I have to look for those, you know, the owl that shows up in the tree in my yard or my son's laugh. And I just, in that moment, I just allow myself to absorb it for a second and like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. We're getting through today. We're doing the thing. It's going to be all right. Let's just keep powering through. Yeah. Yeah. And to drop the expectations of, Mm. you know, not having this hard thing that keeps like, it's claws in me. Right. Or, or not doing this coping that I know isn't the best, but it's getting me through. Like, I think it actually can be unsafe and unhealthy to demand that we let go, you know, of some of our coping completely before we've had enough healing to do that safely. So having that self-compassion, I think that's something I've watched you learn, um, over the course of your battle with some of these things is, Mm self-compassion to get you to the next place and not have the expectation. It's just going to go away. Yeah. Well, and nobody knows me like I know me. So sorry, not sorry, but whatever expectations or desires or needs you have of me or my relationship, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like I just, I, I know myself well enough. And I know now at this age that I will no longer be who I used to be because mm-hmm. I'm too tired and worn down. And I'm only yeah. going to do what's going to serve me. You right. know, as we talked about, you know, several times during this podcast, if it doesn't serve me, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of a poem um, that talks about how to love someone long-term is to attend a thousand funerals that of the person they used to be. Mm. And I think about that, you know, for you with me or me with you, we have both become different people over Mm -hmm. the course. Like our, not only have we evolved, but that has caused our friendship to evolve. Mm -hmm. And, and it is, it's, it's attending funerals of the old person and being able to show up for this person today. And I love that for me, it's the ultimate honor to be on this journey with you, like Aww. to not be expecting you to be this amazing person that I admired <laughs> at day one, because I still love and admire her, but good golly, this Mary that's before me today is even more amazing, more beautiful. Aww. And our friendship is so strong. Like it's this amazing tree with these deep, deep roots and these beautiful flowers Mm. compared to what it was when it was younger. When it was younger, it was great too. But like, yes, like attending the funerals, I'm going to look that poem up and read it. Mm. I love that. I've never heard that before. Mm. It, it's a poem by Heidi Preby. It says to love someone long-term is to attend a thousand funerals of the people they used to be. The people they're too exhausted to be any longer. The people they don't recognize inside themselves anymore. The people they grew out of. The people they never ended up growing into. 
We so badly want the people we love to get their spark back when it burns out, to become speedily found when they're lost. But it is not our job to hold anyone accountable to the people they used to be. It's our job to travel with them between each version and to honor what emerges along the way. Oh, that's precious. Everyone needs to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And everyone needs someone on that journey with them mm-hmm. who's willing to do that for them. Yeah. And who you're willing to do that for when you find your person that you mutually agreed to do this for, to show up for one each other and, and to honor each version that emerges along the way. I mean, that you've found gold. Oh, and I think I found gold in you, Mary. Thank you so much for just, you know, who you are, what you've brought to this podcast, what, you know, you'll be doing in the future and and just how you've shown up for me and my family and um, loving the people that come across the path of our podcast, of our, our ministry, of our anti-traffic. I mean, everything you, this, nothing that I have put my hands to in the last, you know, five, six years, Mm -hmm. um, could be as beautiful as it is if you hadn't been involved. So I'm so grateful for you. Well, thank you for on so many levels, allowing me to be a part of this and so many other adventures with you. Um, and even asking me to do this, like you wanting to interview me. And I said, no way I want to interview you. I'm boring. Like (laughs) you said that probably seven times. I was like, (laughs) shut up. You are more interesting than me. (laughs) whatever. I need to love myself better. I have learned that, Uh, but my goodness though, as you know, I don't say thank you enough. Um, but for just allowing me in just cracking open the door to let my foot slide in there to go, I'm here. (laughs) Right. And I think now the tables have turned. Now I'm the one doing that to you all the time. You're like, Oh, you again. (laughs) I'm like, honey, mama's tired of watching a documentary. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, well, go on this cool hike with me and have this picnic at this mountaintop experience. And then tell me about your documentary. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I'm too tired to hike, carry my body. (laughs) But with that said, thank you for loving me as well as you have and willing to just put up with all the things we just talked about. (laughs) It's been a journey. You are my personal lifelong documentary. I don't watch TV. I just watch you. Exactly. I think that's what I am to a lot of people. If they're willing to look. Oh my gosh. On that Uh, note, I think we should wrap this up. Me too. (laughs) Me too. All right. Yay for 100. We did it. Thank you so much for listening, for showing up for us week by week. Um, we'll keep this going. Maybe we'll hit a 200 mark. I don't know. But thank you for showing up. Please, if you haven't already, just subscribe to this podcast, write a review, let people know about it, share it on your social media. And also, if you would consider um, sharing about Unleash with your friends that are survivors, um, our community continues to remain open and loving all who who want to show up for each other it's an eight-week course we have a new one starting um in the fall mary and i will hopefully be leading one so stay tuned at imonevoice.org for information on that